Welcome to the Wild Minute with Troy. I get it. I get it. The Wild lineup is littered with injuries. I get it. But the 4-1 loss to Tampa last night, their fourth loss in a row, is unconscionable. Tampa's not a bad team. Tampa's, uh, well, now with the win, Tampa's three games above five hundred. Tampa's on the outside looking in, at least heading into yesterday's game for the Eastern Conference. So there's no hanging your head in losing to Tampa in and of itself. But what we're seeing from the veterans that are in the lineup is it, 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 it's unacceptable. The Wild lose four to one to Tampa. They were down two to zero after the first period. They hung in for a while. But my goodness, did anybody see Marcus Johansson, Matt Boldy, or Marco Rossi? All three of them MIA'd last night. You Watching the team, you would think, oh my goodness, Pat Maroon and, and Brandon Duhame are the best two forwards the Wild have. Well, last night they were. Duhame, who was moved up to the third line. Uh, Maroon, who was playing his former team, and, and he was... You know, he is who he is. He's a, he's, he's a three-and-a-half line forward is what I think he is. On a really good team, he's a fourth liner. On many teams, he's a third line wing. You can't count on him for points. But what I've said this before about Maroon. I didn't know he had such good hands. I always considered him, um, from the wild perspective when he was with Tampa, uh, kind of a goon um, and with the Blues. But uh, he's been a pleasant surprise. Nevertheless... You can't win when Brandon Duhame and Pat Maroon are your best skaters on the ice. Now, yes, I, again, I opened with, I, I get it. The Wild had 62% of their payroll on the shelf, if you include the, the Parisi and uh, Suter buyouts. They were playing with about 48% of the payroll that Tampa has. And that's why two nights prior... When uh, the Wild lost to the Flames 3-2, to when they outshot the Flames 18-2 to in the first 12 minutes of the third period and just were gassed and, and, and lost 3-2, to I, I get that loss. I gave them a pass. Fielding the same lineup, though, last night against Tampa, it was dreadful. The X was silent. It was a library. And who could blame the fans? Matt Boldy played a a role in getting Dean Evison fired. Uh, So did Carrill. So did the players up and down the lineup with, with the horrible start they had. Billy changes coaches. He fires Dean. He hires John Hines. The uh, wild go on a heater where they win 11 of 14. So they go 11 and three in John Hines first 14 games. And Matt Boldy during that streak scored something like nine goals in 10 games or something just obscene. Now that won't, you know, he can't sustain that. But at least for a little while, we were seeing the Boldy that they signed to a seven-year, seven $49 million deal. And now it seems like we're back to the Matt Boldy that we saw at the beginning of the season. Or should I say that we didn't see at the beginning of the season. No shots last night for Matt. No shots for Marcus Johansson. And through 50 minutes, two and a half of the three periods, Marco Rossi didn't have a shot either. Now when you, you know, Eck finished with five shots. When, because of injuries, your top line is Eck, Johansson, and Boldy, your wing's got to shoot, folks. 
Eck can try to clean things up in front of the net, and he did. And we're, <laughs> we're a long ways from attacking Jules Eriksson Eck. But Boldy and Johansson, my goodness, guys, shoot the puck. Even if they're not high-danger chances that, that I know you know and love. JoJo, take out his two-goal game about a week ago. He has one goal through this season. That's the problem. The injuries, they will heal. Those players will heal. And yes, the Wild are greatly undermanned. You have guys like Nick Patan, Jake Lucchini, Sammy Walker are in the lineup. I get it. But I don't get what happened last night. And I'm troubled about what the Wild are going to do when they head to Columbus on Saturday night. And then let's, I mean, Columbus is a mess. But if you look at the Wild right now, they're a mess too. They've lost four in a row. They haven't gone four games this season without getting a point in the standings. Yes, they lost seven in a row under Everson, but a couple of those were overtime losses where at least they walk away with a point. They're not walking away with anything right now, not even their pride. So that, that's a problem. We're not getting into defense today. This is a wild minute with Troy. I'm already on five minutes and 17 seconds and counting. We'll talk about defense later. We all know that Johnny Merrill and, and Alex Goligoski shouldn't even be top six defensive players, but you got guys on the shelf. You got Spurgey out for a long time. You have Brodine out for a long time. So this is what you get left with. You get Middleton and Faber for almost 30 minutes out of a 60-minute game. You get Dakota Mermis, Bogo. He, uh, I want to watch the film again, but I, I, I'm pretty confident that Bogosian got out of the way of a puck that scored. He was standing about four right in front of the crease, and I watched it twice, and he didn't look interested in throwing himself in front of the puck like we saw Winnipeg do about 50 times last weekend in two games. So hopefully that's an isolated incident because so far the body of work of, of Zach Bogosian I've liked as, as, a sick, as a third D pairing, but I didn't like what I saw yesterday. And, of course, I already touched on Goose and Merrill. Mermis looked lost at times. Faber and Middleton did all they could. Faber is, is up in that X status with, with this uh, podcast. He's going to have to do a lot for me to, to lay into him because I, everything I see from this guy is good, uh, especially when, when, again, you take Spurgeon and, and Brodine out of the lineup. But the theme here, folks, is Marcus Johansson, Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, answer the phone, answer the call. Now, the other argument here is the Wild throughout this injury bug, throughout this streak, has been calling players up from Des Moines. They're heading north on 35, two-and-a-half-hour drive. We're going to make it later this year southward. Got to go visit Buzzard Billy's, by the way, get a good pregame meal, and then cross the street to Wells Fargo Arena for about 20 bucks. You see a lot of good hockey at the AHL level. Um, however, Jesper Volstead. Now, did you note that? Volstead with a V, Volstead. It's not Wallstead, it's Volstead. We just heard that from all the, the, the uh, wild beat writers. We've been calling him Jesper Wallstead for a year and a half, but apparently it's Volstead with a V. Anyhow, he's hurt. He's returning soon to the Des Moines lineup. Plans have changed for Billy with Gus Bus out for probably two to three weeks or more. They don't have a choice to ease Volstead into the lineup next year. The Wild's number one ranked prospect is probably going to be up in St. Paul in the next couple weeks. 
So keep an eye out for that. But bottom line, um, if the if you can hold the wild prospects accountable for coming up here from Des Moines and not performing, Lucini, Patan, Walker, I leave Hunt out of that because I actually think Hunt's playing well and should play more as a defenseman. But right now I'm going to focus my angst, my ire, my uh, anxiety, my annoyance, my lack of patience on Marcus Johansson, Matt Boldy, and Marco Rossi. They are three of the most talented players in the current lineup. They have to perform. And against a bad Columbus team Saturday night, they need to do exactly that. Because I do not think we will see Felino, who's day-to-day. I don't think we're going to see Zuccarello. I know we won't see Kaprizov. I know we won't see Latiri. I know we won't see Brodeen. I know we won't see Spurgeon Saturday night. But the Wild that are going the wrong way in the standings, as Seattle's winning six in a row, as Edmonton's winning six in a row, as Nashville's holding on, as Arizona continues to defy odds and continue to win, the Wild are going the wrong direction. And this could be over very quickly because after Columbus Saturday night, they have a home and home in three days, two games in three days, Dallas at St. Paul on Monday and Wild at Dallas on Wednesday. If they continue to play like we saw against Tampa, those two games get ready for garbage time in the third period. Things don't look good right now. We're not going to candy coat it. One thing I can assure you, at least from my end of this podcast, you're not going to hear the word tank because I just don't believe in it. Um, And we can dive into that maybe in our lengthier pod with Jeff over the weekend. But this team, when it's healthy, is good enough to be a, a playoff team. And in the NHL, Playoff teams can make runs even when they're not supposed to. Just look at the Florida Panthers most recently as nine months ago. So, Wild at Columbus tomorrow night. We'll set you up for that game uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's a it's a Saturday evening tilt, but we will have our next podcast posted at midday. We'll break down uh, what we expect the lines to be. They'll be a little jumbled since Walker's down in Des Moines and Roska's up. And who knows? Maybe there's some uh, unexpected good news from one of these players on the injury list. We'll see. But the Wild needs to end that four-game losing streak, and it starts tomorrow night at Columbus. Follow me on Instagram, Wild Minute Troy. We'll talk to you.